Welcome, everybody, to episode 34 of the Bomber Brothers podcast. Sean and Ryan with you, and baseball with you. We actually have some action to talk about, and we've gotten to watch some spring training. We've already gotten to watch some uh, Luke Voigt massive home runs. So baseball is back, Sean, and um, couldn't have been a moment sooner. Yeah, I mean, it was it was good to turn on the game, uh, even on MLB Network for the first spring training game, and just you know see see them have a little rally there in the first inning even and and you know watch uh Torres hit a home run and just baseball's back and i mean like you said it's just watching the game in the sunshine down in florida it gets you pumped up for what's to come yeah it definitely does and when we'll break down uh what we've thought of you know first impressions of spring so far which of course history shows us a lot of that doesn't matter once the regular season starts but we need things to talk about. But um, the first thing would be Aaron Andy Hicks. Pettit. <laughs> yeah. uh, I thought you were going to say Andy Pettit got hired. He's back yeah. again. Andrew Eugene Pettit is back, stripped from the uh, grips of Derek Jeter, who was trying to recreate the core four down in Miami. But Pettit said he only wanted to come back to the Yankees. So kudos to Pettit for being loyal to the pinstripes. But, um, but no, Aaron Hicks locked up for seven years. Um I mean, what what's your thoughts on this deal? It's 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 definitely a unique deal. I mean, seven years. Aaron Hicks is twenty nine. He does have some injury problems, so the length of the contract um, could leave some people scratching their heads. But then you look at the AAV; it's ten million a year. Um, I don't think it's laid out exactly that way. He makes six million his first year, uh, then it goes something like. 9.5 over the last three and 12 over a couple in between there. So just just what are your initial thoughts on, on locking up Aaron Hicks, who statistically has been one of the most valuable center fielders in baseball the last two years? Yeah, I, I love the deal. Uh, I mean, OPS plus the last two years of 122 and 123 out of a center fielder that's a plus defender. Uh, even last year he had a down year for himself defensively, but um, – yeah, his defensive you know, numbers were way down last year. I'd expect him to bounce back. He's still young and athletic. Um, and I think getting used to maybe playing with Stanton a couple games probably impacted that as well, and he lost Judge at some point. Um, but, no, I, I love the deal. Um, yeah, it takes him till he's a little bit older, but um, that eye that he has and patience at the plate will not go into his slump as he ages, you would hope. And, and power usually stays with you a little bit as well. Um, and he could just transition into being Gardner in the last last couple of years. I mean, the Yankees have paid fourth outfielders ten million dollars um, or aging outfielders ten million dollars um, throughout throughout their history. So I I love it, even if it looks a little bad on the back end. Um, he'll he'll pay for the entire deal, I think, within the first three years, uh, without a doubt in my mind. Um, and then you look at the free agent market uh, that the, that we'd have if Hicks left after the year and. I mean, Juan Lagares is like the best center fielder that would be available. So thank God we kept Darren Hicks, who's <laughs> I know by war a top three center fielder last year. But I'd say you can't argue that he's not in the top five center fielders in baseball. So, yeah, um, I think when, when you combine everything, his base running and I, I can't remember who tweeted out some stats, but he was one of the best in baseball at um eliminating double play opportunities on the bases you saw him do it against Tampa in the um, infamous Gary Sanchez game where he um, 
somehow beat out that throw at second base on what would have been a double play, and then Sanchez wasn't running to first, and he gets thrown out. But, um, yeah, on the bases, in the field, at the plate. Um, I mean, Aaron Hicks got on base more than anyone on the Yankees last year except Aaron Judge when you look at OBP. So that that's pretty impressive because the Yankees had a lot of hitters last year who could work the count, and Hicks was among the best of them. He was in the top three percentile in the league in walk percentage. So he, for, for a, a leadoff hitter who can get on base that much, who still has that kind of speed, and also, by the way, hit 27 home runs in 137 games. I mean, if, if he can continue this momentum that he's been building since 2017 and, and getting healthy more consistently and, and can put in 145, 150 games, well, that, you have another 30 home run guy on your team. And uh, yeah. that's, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say he and he really transitioned well to being a leadoff hitter for the first time in his in his career, um, sticking with the leadoff spot after Gardner faded early. Um, and like you said, he really rose to the occasion, started taking more walks and everything like that. Um, I, I love the deal. Yeah, he's it's it's interesting. He's had a very similar and almost parallel trajectory as as D.D. Gregorius coming over in a trade where when you first see the trade, you're, you're like, who is this guy? I mean, Hicks, maybe even more so you knew about him because he had been such a high draft pick and the twins just really rushed him to the majors. But uh, like Didi, he comes over and then the Yankees say, Hey, we, we want you to kind of throw your batting average out the window, focus on getting the ball in the air more. And it's really helped Hicks. His, uh, I mean, just looking at his numbers, his uh, fly ball rate, his launch angle, they were all up significantly last year, and it showed in his in his home run percentage and his home run and his total, his final home run total. And I think production wise, at least right now and for the next couple years, uh, this is definitely a great deal. You you hope that these oblique and hamstring issues don't um, come back and that he can stay healthy, and and you hope that his defense can return to elite levels i mean you know he has a cannon of an arm that's that's not an issue um but yeah if if he can get that range back in center field which we'll see if he can he did put on 15 pounds this offseason and he's and you can tell just looking at him he's he's buff he's built now so he he said he wants to hit more than 30 home runs and it looks like he worked out this offseason um with that in mind but and, and you hope that doesn't you know, hamper his range in center field, but if he's if he hits 35 home runs and puts up similar defensive numbers this year, I, I don't think it would be much of a problem. Yeah, I um, him and Bird both seem to be beefing up for the yeah. uh, for the upcoming season. But uh, I know Cashman challenged him to to be even better. So I mean, I guess that's part of his game that that he's working on, and hopefully he keeps his patience. But I have a lot of faith. Um, in Aaron Hicks to to live up to his contract. Joel Sherman had a piece on the on the deal today in the post, and he made a good point. He said that when Hicks came over, he really it looked like a not a bad trade because Murphy played what sixty six games total for the Twins. Murphy, not even. there was a time when Murphy was batting around two hundred in in Triple A, <laughs> so yeah. I don't think it ever really panned out for him. Right, but the first two years of the Hicks deal looked looked terrible. Yeah, Hicks um, Hicks struggled too. But he has the mental fortitude to come back and turn into a star. And, I mean, 
he was the most valuable player on the Yankees last year, in, in, in my opinion. Um, you know, you could put him in a tie with Aaron Judge, but um, in, in a way that, as Joel Sherman put it, Javier Vasquez and Sonny Gray never could. And, and that Hicks has that sort of makeup to carry um, to carry those sort of expectations and bounce back when he needs to. So I, I think he'll live up to his contract uh, because he has the skill set and the mental makeup to go along with that. Yes, and, and like you said, he'll probably live up to the total amount of the contract within the first few years as long as he stays productive. But but let's address some of the concerns that other people might have, which is the back end of that contract. And, and for me... The concern isn't necessarily his production falling off because it's the Yankees. They can absorb that type of uh, money even if Hicks starts to fall off at the back end of his deal. But judging by what happened this year with, you know, the Yankees didn't put themselves into, like, say the Bryce Harper sweepstakes because they said they had a full outfield, which included an aging Brett Gardner who they signed for one more year, likely uh, before he retires. And um, Well, he said he doesn't want to. Oh, yeah, that's true. He did say he wants to play a couple more years, but we'll see if reality sets in this year because I don't I, I don't know. I hope he bounces back, maybe, but anyway, that's a, another conversation for another day. But but do you see a, a contract like this being a reason why the Yankees don't put themselves in the conversation for people like Mike Trout or any other star outfielders that might come up on the free agent market in the years to come? Given how they approach this offseason, that, that is a concern for me. I wouldn't say it's a valid reason, but I'd say it's an excuse that they'll use. Yeah, exactly. Um, for, for sure. So, I, I mean, but... I mean, A.J. Pollock, who... I mean, Hicks is a much better player than and two years younger. Got four mm-hmm. years at at fifty five million. So yeah, as a free uh, agent already. Yeah. So I can't. Uh, Hicks would have gotten a, a big deal, especially being the premier center fielder on the market. Um, he he would have gotten more than seventy million, I would say at least. And if you want to invest in in having a championship team, then you need a caliber player there in Aaron Hicks. So I think the Yankees had no other choice but to make this move. And it just happened to be that Hicks was at the point in his life where he would accept this kind of team friendly deal. And yeah, I think the Yankees will use this team friendly deal as an excuse to, to not, to not go after um, Mike Trout, which I mean, we're getting a couple of years down the road now, right? Two years. He still has yeah. Trout. Assuming, so, assuming he even makes it to free agency, he could always sign an extension, but just yeah, playing the, hypotheticals. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd rather protect against that, but at the same time, let's say Trout becomes available in, in two years. Um, yeah, Aaron Hicks, you could go play left field and you could put Trout in center field. That That's not a problem because Gardner will definitely be gone by then. Um, I'm sure Floreal will be a trade piece at, at some point. Um, yeah, just, I mean, come on. But yeah, he still say, "Oh, we have our center fielder already. We can't fit Mike Trout into this roster." Sorry, that'll that's, be, that'll that's be. exactly what I was thinking. But um, but you just you just mentioned uh, Florio, and and I think that was another big topic of conversation on social media after this deal. What does this mean for him? And um, just wanted to get your thoughts on it. I like you like you just said, um, Gardner is it w- will likely be gone after this year, and in two years Hicks will be thirty one. 
and maybe he can shift over to left field and you can put Florio in center field if he's still there and he still seems like he has the type of promise that he currently holds as as the best prospect in the Yankees organization right now or use him as a trade piece and hey, within a couple years I think I think a Hicks Florio judge outfield from left to right and then you have Stanton filling in from time to time but he'll probably be getting more time as a DH by then but uh what are your thoughts do the Yankees trade Florial now um I don't know if they trade him right now because his stock is a little bit lower than it I think it'll it'll be but I think they definitely save him as a piece and I I mean I'm not so sure you have to shift Hicks off of center field so quickly I mean um Bernie Williams was the everyday center fielder through his age 35 season. Now at the end, it wasn't so pretty, but I mean, he was yeah. still very serviceable <laughs> into age, into age 33. And, and Hicks at least has the, an arm to go with, go with it out there. And, you know, a lot of people are making comparisons between the Bernie extension and, and the Hicks extension. And, you know, I think that's fair. They play the same position, but uh, they're both different players. Bernie, you know, a little more of like, sort of a finesse player I guess is the word I would say and Hicks is a little bit more of toolsy um so yeah I I don't think you have to talk about moving him off at least until the last two years of that contract I mean I think for five years he could handle center field pretty well he's only 29 years old right now yeah even if he slows down he will always have a far better arm than than Bernie did for as much as we love Bernie who has a bobblehead day this year yeah that's that's true that's early though right it's like in April I can't remember when it was. I was just bummed that most of them were on Fridays, which is like the one night that it's hard to get off work because there there are a lot of good bobbleheads this year. That's but, yeah. There there's a couple. I got tickets for the Star Wars day, so I'm gonna get the Jedi CC bobblehead. I'm excited about that. Well, keep your eyes out for another one laying around. Yeah, I um, you know, somebody stole one of my, a Sammy Sosa bobblehead from me once. We Sammy went to Sosa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you should we went, go thank him. We went <laughs> to well, stole it. I got it better for you. We went to a game after we all graduated high school, my friends and I. We went down to the Inner Harbor in Baltimore and went to a Orioles Rangers game while we were there. And it just happened to be Orioles Sammy Sosa bobblehead day. He was still <laughs> playing for the Orioles. He actually hit a home run that day. Um, and I got up from my seat and so did a couple of my friends. And we all left our bobbleheads underneath our seats. And somebody stole all of ours while we went to go get food and stuff. Mm. So. So I was robbed, but sorry for that diversion. No, but, yeah, no, it's all right. I, I, good bobbleheads. I think we wrapped up the, the Hicks stuff anyway. I think we can both say that we were uh, happy to see he was locked up, and obviously it, it wasn't for uh, a lot of money. Um, I, I guess the only thing I guess the only thing left to say for me would be, do you think, like you said, he could have gotten more money, which I think everyone agrees with that, given the value he showed last year. Do you think this was kind of insurance for himself knowing his injury history and maybe thought that this was the best move for him? Yeah, I, I think, well, one, they said they did mention he just had a kid. Um, yeah, he doesn't have to pay for diapers anymore. He said. Yeah, he, he made that, he made that joke. And I think he likes being in, in New York and, and I mean, he, I know he's a West coast guy, but, um, I think West coast and East coast, you kind of, you, you like being in the middle of the action. So I think he wanted to stay with the Yankees. Um, I think he did hedge a little bit against himself getting hurt again because the, with the year he had last year, that, that's as high as his stock has ever been, was going into this offseason. And, you know, if he has a year where maybe he has a little bit of a, of a dip, 
then then that value does go down. But I, I mean, players usually like to bet on themselves, but some of them just are comfortable. And maybe he realized, look, like for me, seventy million dollars, I, I know how to spend my money right. Like he seems like a down to earth guy. He said I can live off that, and I'll, I'll be in a good situation on a team that probably for the length of my contract is going to be contenders for the World Series, and this will be a good situation for me. So so moving on from Hicks, I was about to get into spring training performances so far, but you just said bet on yourself. Oh, well, I, I just – yeah, one more thing about Hicks, and, and I just saw a couple – a lot of people on Twitter. Oh, he's a career 236 hitter, blah, blah. Like, seriously. Like, people always say watch the game. Don't go by the stat. Like, go by the computer or whatever. Like, if you watch the game, you understand what Aaron Hicks brings to the table as a player. It's so funny to me when people say that and then cite, like, batting average. But, like, if a guy works a key walk in a game, you get so pumped up. It just it doesn't make any sense I'm, to me. I'm glad you said that. It's Aaron, Aaron Hicks is so much more than batting average, and so is every other player. Like you're discounting a quarter of his at bats. It's just like the object of baseball is don't get out, get on base any way you can, and walks are just as good as that. Oh, and by the way, he only got into one double play last year. I think I saw. Um, I think James Smith tweeted that. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, one of the researchers or, yes, yeah. Um, so yeah, he just brings so much more to the table than batting average. I, it's just unreal to me that people are still hung up on that. I think he had an on-base percentage of almost 370, which as your leadoff hitter, that's great. Yeah, that seems to be the, uh, the go-to argument from people who just don't want to take the time to learn new stats that might be a little more, um, telling of a player's performance. Oh, I'd rather watch the game than go by a bunch of numbers. Well, the people that go by these numbers also watch all the games too. They just are open-minded enough to realize that there's just newer ways to evaluate a player that are more, you know, uh, likely to tell future performance or whatever it may be. It's, it's, it's def- it's comical. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm not living and dying by a stat that creates all hits equal, whether it be a single or a home run, and that's exactly what batting average does. And there's just better ways to evaluate a player and better ways to evalu- evaluate Hicks. I mean, the Yankees literally told him when he came to New York, don't worry as much about your batting average. Start getting some more lift on the ball and enjoy the short porch and right field when you're batting from the left side. And so far, he's done that. 27 home runs last year. Uh, that's for a guy traded that the Yankees gave up John Ryan Murphy for. So... Another Brian Cashman steal, I think you could say. But um, anyway, you said you know Hicks was betting on himself earlier. Did you see the uh, David Robertson comments? Speaking of someone who bet on himself, David Rob- David Robertson went without an agent, signed with mm-hmm. the Phillies, and um, he finally addressed the players only vote thing about sharing uh, postseason shares. And he was a uh, you could tell he was trying to take the high road, but he was also pretty upset about it. At least that's what I got from it. He said, I don't understand why that would all be put on me. I just submitted um, a final vote that had a bunch of other people's votes included on it that um, agreed with um, what I, with whatever he said. And then um, mm-hmm. I think he said, I don't really want to get into it, but it's just really disappointing or, or something like that. So um, so what were your thoughts on that? I mean, did, did the Yankees just kind of use this as um, – a whole like, well, we've kind of decided we're going to go a different way. We're going to sign Britain and Odovino instead. So uh, was was this a smear job? 
At first, I thought so, but then the Yan- like the Yankees would use it as an excuse to not bring him back. But then they went and reinvested in the bullpen anyway. And I mean, honestly, if the Yankees went out and got Odovino and Britain, and then just didn't bring back Robertson, I, I I like Robertson, but it's still it's a an improvement in the bullpen um, by bringing those two guys back rather than just Robertson. So that would be one of the areas I wouldn't be so upset about how they handled free agency. Um, yeah, I don't. I think I thought the Yankees leaked it all along to to do that, but it really doesn't make sense looking at how it all played out. Um, I, I'm not sure, but yeah, I mean, I kind of always thought that too. It's like, well, I mean, if the players vote on the shares, it's not. I don't. I can't see David Robertson standing up at the meeting and being like, "You all should vote this way." Like, yeah. he just, <laughs> I, I don't know. I was surprised. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, doesn't matter now. I think we're all just happy he's not in a Red Sox uniform, which which looked like a possibility and and by the way i mean what is going on over there with that bullpen with uh with our rivals up there in boston it sounds like kimbrell now is willing to sit out if he doesn't get a contract and and the relievers that are available are are dwindling and, and the red sox don't have many options yeah i uh i love it um i it's hope a- they continue to not sign anybody and think they can get by with nobody in the bullpen. Red Sox are a smart organization though. So they'll probably find some way to, to make it work, but it's not going to be like October where you can just throw out, you know, um, Eovaldi in, in the pen and, and have him pitch a couple innings. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see the, um, Dombrowski is definitely smart in getting people externally and, and making trades and, and signing <laughs> contracts, but he, History shows he usually decimates farm systems in the process, whether it be the uh, Tigers or or the Red Sox. So it might be tough for them to find internal options in in the bullpen because he's traded a lot of prospects away. But we'll we'll see what happens over there. Get, getting back to the Yankees, we have some actual baseball performances to talk about. Um, a lot of these one o'clock games are a little tough for me. I go to work at two o'clock, but I've I've tried to make sure I, I watch the beginning. Which is usually the one, the parts that matter the most, anyway. Uh, loved what I saw from Paxton yesterday. Loved what I saw from every Yankee pitcher yesterday, as they allowed, I think, one total hit. Green, Holder, uh, Paxton. Can't remember who was in the middle there, but um, oh, Herman. I some of some of Domingo Herman's curveballs. They, they had to get you a little excited. They were filthy, and um, and then you had a couple days ago, Luke Voigt hit one. Uh, landed back up here in in New York, and um, so he, yeah, he's still hitting massive dingers. Like you said, Torres went yards. So there, there's a lot of things to to like so far from what you see. Yeah, I I'm pretty excited. I uh, I, I try not to get into spring training, and then like you read the article that Lindsey Adler uh, had on Bird. Yeah, and great article. Just like yeah, that, it was awesome. And then like it just kind of cues in your mind like. You know, I hope this guy does well. And then he goes two for two on the first day, and then you see Torres go deep, and you're you're just you're locked in right away. It's <laughs> like you're like, all right, I'm in. I'm gonna watch spring training, even though it doesn't mean anything. I remember one year Matsui hit like eight home runs in spring training, and I drafted him like in the third round in fantasy baseball, and that was the year <laughs> he broke he broke his arm, and oh, had to go yeah, out. he was like diving for a ball in left field. Yeah, and then then later they moved Gary Sheffield to first base because they got a Brayu and uh, whatever. <laughs> so that, that was a whole whole other ordeal. But um yeah, I mean every you know everybody you want Luizago looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um I, I thought I thought he pitched really really well. So 
definitely excited to see um, the guys start performing. Judge had a, a booming double, and you know, nice. I, I think all the guys are probably after the early exit last year, uh, chomping at the bit to get out there. I think probably last year, um, after making it to Game Seven of the ALCS unexpectedly, you come in kind of like, okay, we had a good year last year, now we want more. And then this year you come in like we did not have a good year last year. I mean, yeah, they won 100 games, but they got bounced by their rivals in four games. Um, we really, like, you know, they came in probably hungry, and it seems like a lot of people, uh, Bird and Voight included, are out out to prove um, prove themselves this year. Yeah, Bird is fresh off of his fishing boat where he spent a lot of his off season, which we learned from Lindsay's article, which, hey, and congrats to her as being the new uh, primary beat writer for the athletics so we'll get a lot more of those articles also wrote a great one on paxton yep i just i just hope as the primary beat writer she gets to still do those personal pieces because those are really good like the one on sanchez that she did a little ways back was was tremendous i'm sure i'm sure she will i mean the athletic seems to put more of a focus on those instead of just your usual gamer recap so Mm -hmm. i'm sure she'll still be doing stuff like that but but yeah i it's it's hard. I, I try not to get too excited about Bird because he has been one of the best spring training hitters that are around the entire league over the last few seasons, and then it just I'm, doesn't I'm seem to work I'm all in on out. Bird. I'm all in. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's just no matter how many injuries, no matter how many prolonged slumps, you see that silky smooth swing, uh, put one out in spring training, and then you just think of what could be, and then you can't help but get excited again. But I'm really trying hard not to be. I'm trying, I'm trying to be realistic. Uh, and, and and at least hope that that big home run by Voigt uh, is at least some insurance in case Bird doesn't work work out. I mean, I just I wish. Okay, that's the other thing we should talk about is Stanton did admit that that hamstring really bothered him last year. Yeah, um, which I think is he, obvious. He yeah. I usually I don't like when guys come out and say that kind of stuff. It, it just I'm like don't you know like we know you don't need to say it to make yourself feel better, but. I do think it was obvious enough where we all knew that. Um, but I mean, if, if he could play left field and you could, and bird and Voigt both have monster springs and you could just DH Voigt and play bird at first. I mean, that'd be the ideal scenario because you go from Gardner and Stanton and Voigt, let's say to bird and Stanton and Voigt. I mean, that right there is a combo that's going to hit you at least probably 90 homers if they're all healthy and playing up to their potential yeah that's that's exciting to think about you'll have, we'll have to see how much they want to keep Stanton in the outfield i mean he's he's what 30 30 years old now stan yeah i don't think so is he 29 i'm gonna look it up but right. let's talk about something while we look it up <laughs> so he I, theoretically he should be able to play a regular left field role he comes from the national league where he played right field every day, so I think the only reason why we saw a lot of him at the DH role last year was A, before Judge got hurt and the Yankees had some outfielders, and B, because that hamstring was clearly bothering him, and even through that hamstring injury, he was the best hitter on the team during that stretch when Judge went out, and I mean, he kept the Yankees afloat during that time, trying to make up for Shane Robinson's productivity. Yeah, he's... He- Stands 29. 29. Okay, there you go. So I wasn't that far off. Nah. Um, I was, I don't know. I picture him as young still. Yeah, well, you've, he's younger still, than me, but. <laughs> All right, well, um, I guess, you know, we, we talked about things that looked promising, things that didn't look as promising. 
Miguel Andujar's defense in the in the first uh, spring training game still looks like there's a lot of work to do there. And, and apparently, well, he's also got the flow. So yeah, that's true. Maybe he was well. battling an illness. He did tell reporters that he's not abandoning that uh, double tap that he does with the ball into his glove before he throws across the diamond. Which, Great. Uh, a little concerning for me. That's a little concerning. The only good double tap is the one Brocious does before he throws the ball across in 98. In 98. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's the only one I ever want to see. A-Rod used to do it, but I also had a lot more faith in him getting the throw across because you know, he was an incredible fielder. But Yeah. Except oh. on pop-ups. Except on pop-ups, yeah. Well, well, if someone else was hitting a pop-up, you would hope he was there to distract them because he would just yell something. <laughs> <laughs> man, I remember watching that game and just being like, come on, man. Like, I watched that game at the pinstripes in the park where they had the, the viewing in <laughs> Bryant Park, actually, because Tino was doing a signing there. And the line was, was so long, and I got there late because I had to take Blockhead to the vet that day. Mm. Um. I didn't even get to meet Tino, and then the ha happened. So it was an interesting day. Yeah, that's an that's an eventful night. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh man! All right, so uh, what else is there? The Yankees are in action today. Looking at the lineup, they've got uh, I think they've got Judge and Stanton in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Wade and Kyle Holder. So it's your <laughs> it's, it's your classic <laughs> spring training lineup. Tanaka's on the mound. Wade's off Tanaka to a good start. Tuesday. Is he? I yeah. haven't even been paying attention to Wade, to be honest. I, I think he hit a, a double or two the other day, but hey, I, yeah. I hope I hope that works out because the Yankees might need some insurance in the infield. Oh well, we didn't even talk about Tulowitzki going yard his first. Oh, his and first sticking, it to the, game. sticking it to the the <laughs> Blue Jays bench. I I saw him rounding the bases, and I was like, "What the hell is going on?" He's like so pumped up, and then it like hit me like, "Oh, it's the Blue Jays." Um, He's like I guess I, I guess I didn't know he had that much um, animosity. I guess toward a team that I mean, could you really blame the Blue Jays for wanting to move on after how much time he missed? That I, yeah. I just didn't. I, I I wasn't expecting that kind of reaction. Yeah, that that surprised me, but it uh, shows a little shows a little uh, little chip on his shoulder. So hopefully it plays through the season. But I. I I feel like sometimes there's guys where you're like, oh, I wonder how they'll do, and then they have like a monster beginning, and then they just stink after that. Yeah, you know what like, I mean. It's like, like I said, uh, it's like I said last episode when we were on with Dad. I'm fully prepared for Tulowitzki to have a really good April, and then he'll completely fall off. But the Yankees will stick with him because, oh, look what he did in April. We know, we know that player is still there somewhere. He just needs to fix mm-hmm. a couple things, and by fix a couple things, it means to find a time machine and go back six years. But you know who who did that sort of, and then actually wound up having a good career was, uh, Solarte. Like, yeah, remember they, tr- they, they let Nunez go cause he had such a good spring. And then he has this monster, like first couple weeks, then goes into a slump. Then they trade him for chase Headley and he actually winds up having a decent career. Yeah. And then and uh, so uh, some of it was with the Blue Jays. Yep. Yeah. And Nunez has had a good career too. So yeah, he's still terrible in the field, but he, uh, uh, he wasn't he terrible hit. enough last year in the division no. series. Well, he oh. he was terrible at staying on on his two feet, but he <laughs> but he still had a a good postseason. Do you remember the game in Toronto where he like tripped on the turf and acted like he blew out his ACL, like he was yeah. rolling, <laughs> up, and then he was fine. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's just part of his part of his play because there was at least three times in the World Series where he was pronounced dead 
and then <laughs> then he gets back up and he's fine running around again but oh well he's a little bit dramatic but that, that's all right um so yeah i mean that that's pretty much it the stories have been coming out guys are in you know good shape everybody looks good and all that stuff but i'm i'm pretty excited um just because i'm sure it's something we're going to talk about first based race first base race Voight versus bird yeah who's your who do you think uh as of this week maybe we could update our rankings this week <laughs> who's your pick for who wins the the job no it's still Voight right now i mean he if if he came in as the presumed favorite and hit a home run a mile mm-hmm. I, they, it's still Voight. Yeah, I would say that bird like gained ground on the first day, and then Voight was like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh," and just like, <laughs> you know, blast, blast to pass, past him, use the turbo button, and uh, is is up there now. So, um, I think uh, Voight is, is still the front runner, but uh, it's well, we'll, interesting. We'll have to ask Tino. He he weighed in this morning. I don't know if you saw Brendan. Cody. I I, it, I didn't know Tino. If Tino spoke and I didn't know, I must have been you know I must have been distracted. <laughs> well, head to nj.com because Brendan Cuddy wrote an article about Tino weighing in on the first base competition. So, uh, go check out what he said. Can we have a Tino day on the podcast? Oh, if, <laughs> why? <laughs> Because he's, you know, the best. Wait, what's today? Today is... Oh, it's the 26th. Never mind. 26th. Wish we recorded on Sunday. We would have recorded on 224. It could have been Jeter and Tino Day. Yeah, that, that would have been that would have been pretty sweet. Both of our guys. But, yeah. Um, well, we could, we could do like a favorite player day. We could do Jeter and Tino. And just, just make it like that. Or we could have a day... <laughs> yeah, that'd, that'd be fun. Anyway, but yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I think Voight has the leg up, and he and he deserves it. But um, I think it's nice to see Bird come out strong. What I my prediction is going to probably stay that whoever has the better spring will break with the club, and they'll send the other player down till mid May to suck a year of control away from him, yep. because that's what they do. And then they'll bring them up and move Stanton to the outfield and DH one of them. I think that if if they're both producing at at their respective levels and and that's what i think is going to happen there'll be, definitely be some service time manipulation um going on there yeah which reminds me the athletic just came out with an article apparently chris bryant opened up about that whole process so i'm definitely going to read that and see uh what kind of bs that they he was dragged through during all that and uh probably another notch in the incoming cubs implosion but yeah but anyway See, like we have this, we had this weekly thing where we talked about stuff we're looking forward to because there was no baseball, but now there is baseball. So, is are are, are we shelving this tradition until next November? I, I guess we're gonna have to, but maybe we could just talk about what we're looking forward to in Yankee Land this week, or what we, yeah, we could say what we're looking forward to Yankee wise, or what we're doing that's Yankee related in the coming week. Okay. To, uh, to shift to shift gears, sort of. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I'm still on the whole baseball's back kick. There's only been a couple of spring training games, so I'm just looking forward to watching a few innings of baseball here and there, seeing how the starters are doing. I guess to make it more specific, I'm interested to keep keep an eye on the Voight Bird competition right now. They both uh, both got off to good starts, so I'm definitely interested to see how that continues once some more, you know, starting pitchers and top bullpen guys start getting more work in spring training and see how they do against them and. Uh, that will be what I'm keeping my eye on this week. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I'll also be having fun looking at who 
who might be the next candidate for extensions. Like I'm looking forward to hopefully mm-hmm. maybe Batansis getting locked up because that Heyman tweeted about that um, as insurance if Chapman opts out, which I don't know if he would, but um, it would be I nice. Guess. Yeah, it would be nice if he did because I'm I'm worried about what the back end of that would look like when once his velocity comes down to 98, 99, and all of a sudden – people realize, oh, hey, when he's not throwing 103 miles an hour, he's kind of just an average reliever with some uh, random control problems here and there. Well, hopefully as as his velocity diminishes, he becomes more, a little bit more um, more focused on his command and his mechanics. So we'll see. But, I mean, it'd be nice to keep Patances and Chapman and just have, like, a dominant pen if they both stay good. So, yeah. But I'd like them to keep Patances. He's one of my favorites. So, you know, I'm excited to, to keep up with that. Um, I saw a, a, a Twitter kind of like trend yesterday where somebody tweeted, like, give me your hottest take. Um, so give me your hottest Yankee take and hottest take in general. <laughs> um, man, hottest Yankee take. Um, I'm going to need a second to think about this. I'll give you my hottest take in general to kill time. Okay. It's very controversial. What? I think the Godfather is overrated and Goodfellas is better than Godfather. Oh Both man, that, one is, and two. that is a hot take. One that I would consider to be <laughs> consider to be terrible. <laughs> I, I'm the op okay, I, I guess if we're doing movies, I always was under well, the Well I'm Im- just saying, like that's just a hot take. Like people disagree with that. Yeah. People disagree with me that um Scarface is incredibly overrated, which I think it is. Okay. Yeah, that's a fair one. Um, so, all right, so do you have a hot Yankee take? Um, uh, yeah, Derek Jeter is overrated. I was watching those clips from Curb when the guy uh, the guy says Derek Jeter is the most overrated shortstop, and yeah. David gets all upset. Um, no, nah, I, I mean, I think he – I don't know. I, I don't think he was overrated as a Yankee, but um, – I guess my my hot my real Yankee hot take would be that um, if the if the Yankees well that's not a hot take either I was gonna say if the Yankees keep Pettit then they win the two thousand four World Series but that <laughs> that's really not a hot take no I don't I don't think that is a hot take um oh man I don't know what is my Yankee hot take I. I have right, no idea. Bird, birds, hit, birds hitting thirty this year. That's my hot take. Birds hitting thirty. Okay, I, I, I can. All right. Uh, that that uh, ignited my hot take. Gary Sanchez is going to hit thirty-five. Okay. Because Sounds he, good. He's going to bounce back. Got sorry, the got the sorry surprise you there. No, no, it's it was fun to think about. So Scarface sucks, and Gary Sanchez is going to hit thirty-six home runs. All right, and Bird's hitting 30, and Goodfellas is better than Godfather 1, which is better than Godfather 2, by the way. I don't like Godfather 2 You're as much as <laughs> Godfather 1's better than 2. I'm sorry. Oh, but, well, you finished The Wire, so what did you think of The Wire? Um, Most overrated, not terrible show at all, but this most overrated show. <laughs> I... All right, so I really enjoyed season three and four a lot. If all the seasons were like that, I'd be like, all right. But when you put it on the same level as Breaking Bad 
and The Sopranos, I have an issue with that. Like, I think it's a good show, but oh, it's, it's... I don't. I think The Wire is better than Breaking Bad. I See, to me, those two are on one tier, and Breaking Bad... Uh, and The Wire is one tier below it. It's still a good show, but when everybody works it up to be great... It's it's like kind of like when everybody said to me that um, Last Jedi is well not everybody said but you read all the all the reviews Last Jedi is great it's the best Star Wars movie ever like I can't wait to and then you go and you see it and you're like all right it was good it was, it was good it's, yeah so so then you're you're let down so that's how I felt about the wire um, I absolutely hated the ending so much like season five was easily the weakest but. Uh, I, just, I thought see, I thought um, season two was actually. Oh, but, see that? Oh, that could have been my hot take. Everybody says that, but my hot take is that season two was the one of the best seasons, aside from three and four. I I liked the whole Sabaka storyline. Yeah, I, I see. See, season three and four to me oh, were were definitely head and shoulders above the rest. But the thing I didn't like about season five, I actually kind of enjoyed it as it went along. Because I didn't like McNulty to begin with, so to see him go off the rails. But then, like, after he does all of this shit, he actually, him and Lester get two people killed. Like, actually murdered (laughs) because of their stuff. And then they're like, and he should be like a pariah in the police department. And then they're having, like, a big party. Like, him and uh, Kima are, like, okay. It's like, this guy faced no real consequences except he lost his friggin' pension. He's gonna go out and get another job. Like, it was just like, there was no... There was no real consequence there. It should, he should have ha- been made to suffer. And so should have Lester instead of hooking up with that stripper for the rest of his life. They, <laughs> I they love Lester. He was, he was a good character. I did too. But then, you know, he was always pretty moral. And then he gets sucked into this thing with me. I thought for sure that he would tell McNulty he was nuts. And then he gets sucked in with it. And then the end was so lame where McNulty's driving this homeless person back that he had kidnapped, basically. And then he pulls over on the side of the highway just to look at the Baltimore skyline. They play a montage, and he's had enough looking, so he gets back in his car and keeps driving. Well, Who I like, does that? I like have, the you montage. Ever o- have you ever pulled over on the New Jersey Turnpike just to look at Manhattan? Oh, yeah, look, just go look at Manhattan. No, I look the other way, and I look at Newark, and I look at... <laughs> Um, no, but I liked it. It was just an excuse for them to play a montage to show that no, despite all the work everyone put in, nothing changes. Bubbles was replaced, um, by, uh, oh, that, what, that was sad. Yeah. I felt bad for Dookie. Yeah. It was, uh, as in, you know, just people are going to keep using drugs. And then, um, Omar was replaced by, uh, Michael and it just, it was just showing that this, this war on drugs and this war on crime is, is so far not a winnable one because there's always someone else to take the place of whoever gets caught or gets out of the game right that that's fine um i actually i i like that idea and i I definitely subscribe to that but the way that it's presented with just mcnulty let me pull over and now i'll now i'll show you all this i thought that was just like terrible execution it was like the princess leia thing like okay it's a cool idea that she uses the force but don't make it look like friggin' mary poppins when you do it right um so that, that was kind of my take. But I thought the kids in the middle school, uh, you know, Dookie, Michael, Naaman, they that were the most so good. Yeah. Yeah. They were the most interesting set of characters. And then also season three, when it deals with sort of Avon and Stringer, <laughs> be quiet, Kimura, uh, Avon and Stringer and their relationship. Um, and, and then, you know, Omar and Brother Muzon and like that all coming to a yeah. head. That that was really interesting, too. So I, I thought those were good. And then, um, oh, yeah. And that stupid uh, Templeton winning the, the 
journalism award. <laughs> if you ever come across him, make sure he doesn't he doesn't mess with your stuff because he just makes stories up. Yeah, he does. But you, you have to look at his notes. It's all in his notes. But uh, all right, so what are you watching next? I would recommend Game of Thrones or The Americans if you're going to start a new show. Those um, are both phenomenal. Yeah, we uh, we have HBO Go access, so I'm probably going to watch Game of Thrones. Nice. But um, I really I have some other things uh, I have to study for my master's exam because I was going to take it in December, but going on a honeymoon, getting married, really took up most of my time to study for that. So I've been studying um, for that like probably. 12 hours a week so that really cut into my tv time so i'll probably that's important my my plan is to really study for that and then the exam is march 30th and then we're in baseball season by then so probably going to take it easy on on the binging yeah i'm uh, binging yankee baseball (laughs) exactly i'm watching i'm re-watching game of thrones and then once that comes on i'll have something to watch on sunday nights but other than that true detective is over so i uh I am clearing the slate for baseball, and I can't wait. About what? What are we? Thirty days away, or yeah, um, I think thirty days. Thir- yeah, thirty because there's only twenty eight days in February. So, yep. There you go. Thirty more days, and well, we'll be back in about seven days or so. And thanks everyone for listening and for tolerating us going off the rails there at the end to talk about the wire. And uh, Sean, I'll see you next week. We'll have some more fresh baseball stuff to talk about. This is good. We know we're going to have new stuff to talk about every week that's it just hopefully everybody stays healthy and it's all all good things all right hopefully everyone out there stays healthy we'll see you next week thanks for listening